0: Yo... Take a second and turn around say hello to heal somebody. My name's Allie, and we're glad you're here. If you're new here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you. Fill it out and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through.
1: On April the 2nd, uh, at 4.30 is our Easter egg hunt. So bring your kids. There's lots of candy uh, in the eggs. Hopefully, thank you guys for bringing the stuff back. And so 4.30, April the 2nd, special day, Easter egg hunt. Today at 4.30 is our skating party at Skateway Middletown. It's from 4.30 to 6.30. It's all free. Come. If you want food, you can buy it there. Bring money for that. But skates are free and everything's free. Good time. And so I'll see you at 4.30 at Skateway Middletown. Hey guys, I got a special invitation for you for a couple Easter events on April the 7th, Friday, Good Friday at 12 o'clock and at 6 o'clock. We have our annual silent communion service. So it's an awesome time. We come here and remember what Jesus did for us. 12 o'clock and at 6 o'clock, the same service. We'll celebrate Silent Communion. Easter Sunday is coming up, April the 9th at 11 o'clock. We'll be out here. There will be a big tent, and uh, it will be outside. and It will be beautiful. The sun will be shining. And so we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. So come and join us. You can wear whatever you want to. And uh, the kids will be in the gym having their special time. So Easter Sunday, 11 o'clock here at New Vine Community Church.
0: Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service.
1: Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. That was powerful. I like go, whoa. Could be one of those, I better not say that. So anyway. It'll be one of those Pentecostal guys to just lay you guys all out. Uh, do all right. Two Sundays from now, it's going to be outside. It's going to be awesome. And if it's cold, I got heat- heaters rented and, uh, it's going to be good. So invite next Sunday. I'm going to ask you to do something during church. I'm going to ask you to text during church. I'll tell you about that next week. It'll be great. Okay. Um, roller skating. Are you guys going roller skating today? Are you really? Oh, you're shaking your head. Your grandkids. Your grandkids. I thought. I ain't going cuz I, I mean I'm going but I'm not skating so I'll I'll be out there cheering you on right so and if you have kids or neighbors bring them it's all free I'm paying for it so it'll be good you have to buy your own food though sorry okay let's say a prayer and we'll take up the offering and we need to pray for the people in Mississippi cuz they got smacked so so lord we pray for the people in Mississippi lord who who had the uh hurt the tornadoes and stuff I ask you to bless them and just uh, give them your grace and your peace and and lord I just thank you that you love us Thank you. We can give to you today. Bless the offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans five eight. 9.
2: Romans six twenty-three. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners. Christ died. His own love for us in this. But we were still sinners. Christ died.
3: All right, morning. How we doing, you guys? All right. Is it still cold outside? Some people are saying no. Some people are saying yes. We don't have a clue. Yeah, it was cold this morning. I'm sick of the cold. So we're. Uh, if you have a Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 15, if you like. If it'll be on the screen. And we're in a series called "In the Footsteps of Jesus." And kind of just following Jesus to to the cross and empty tomb of Easter, and so we've been doing this for about four or five weeks now, and we're going to continue for the next couple of weeks. Good, You guys, all right. You want a short sermon or a long one? We you, take your pick. Yeah, you don't care. I said short. Someone said short. All right, you got it. It's going to be short then. You're. You're welcome. So let's take a few moments simply just to kind of uh, quiet our minds and hearts. And um, in the in the Quaker tradition, there is they they call it centering down, where they just sit in silence and and open their heart, hearts to God. And I I really like that practice. And so we've been kind of I've been trying to do that a little bit at the beginning of all of our sermons because we carry all kinds of stuff in here. You guys carry stuff in here? Yeah. Distractions and all of those types of things. And so let's just take a few moments simply to be quiet and center our hearts and minds, and and just be still before God. And so, Father, we thank you for this morning. And, Holy Spirit, we ask that you just come and open our hearts and minds to you. We we bring into this room all kinds of stresses and worries and anxieties and problems and pain. And so we just release that to you. And so we just ask that you just be with us. Yes, that you just bless us. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. So Matthew, or excuse me, Luke chapter 15, probably a familiar story. It says this. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So then Jesus told them this parable. He said, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way. There will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who, resp- who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, i found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the young son got together all he had and set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine and that whole country and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to, a, to the citizens of that country who sent him to see, to, excuse me, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father to say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And so he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. And so he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come home, he replied. And your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. And so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, and yet you never gave me even a Young goat so I could celebrate with my friends But when this son of yours who was squandered your property with prostitutes comes home You kill the fatted calf for him My son the father said You're always with me And everything I have is yours But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again He was lost And is found Whew, That's a lot of reading You've probably heard these stories before, right? Jesus is hanging out with Pharisees and, or excuse me, he's hanging out with sinners and tax collectors, the, the worst of the worst in his world. And the teachers of the law the, the, and the Pharisees, the, the religious elite are upset that Jesus is hanging out with the worst of the worst. Can you imagine that, by the way? Religious people being judgmental. Right? What kind of world was that? Can't imagine. And so Jesus tells them to these stories. He, he tells a story about a lost sheep. He tells a story about a lost coin. And he tells a story about a lost son. And... It raises this question for me. Have you ever felt lost? Yeah? You know? Have you ever felt lost? We live in a very w- weird world, right? And uh it seems to me to be very lost. But I also can say that there are parts of my inner working. That gets lost as well. And what I find interesting about this passage here is that Jesus points out to us three ways, in my opinion, that we get lost. You, at first you have simply this lost, this lost sheep. Cause here's the thing, sometimes we just wander off, don't we? Yeah? The sheep doesn't even know that he's lost, I assume. He's probably just like, where'd everybody go, right? Sometimes we wander off. When I was a little kid, we would play, we spent a lot of time at Franklin Park because we all played ball, and uh, one evening, my brother Paul wandered off. Now, if you know Paul, this isn't going to be a surprise to you, but he wandered off back in the woods by the creek somewhere, back where the bike trails were, and he had been gone for a while, and it was the, all the games were done, it was time to go home. And Paul's nowhere to be found. So mom and dad, they gather a search party and we're all walking through the woods looking for Paul and yelling, Paul, Paul, Paul. And this goes on for an hour to 45 minutes. Eventually somebody finds him and they bring him, they bring him back and, and mom and dad are like, Paul, didn't you hear? Didn't you hear us calling for you? And this is what he said. He goes, Oh, I thought they were looking for another Paul. Sometimes we wander off, and sometimes we don't even know that we're lost. Ever have that happen? You just get busy doing stuff. Your kids have activities. Your life—you have things to do at work. You just—you have no intention. You're like you're still trying. You—you—you you, you feel like you're still in relationship with God, but sometimes we just wander off, don't we? We just. Just kind of just get off track and drift away. And this is what happens in this part of the story. This, this poor sheep, he just got, he just got lost. He just wandered on and can't figure out how to get back. Yeah. In the second story, there's the story of this lost coin. Sometimes we wander off, but sometimes we get misplaced. And often, in my experience, this is something that is done to you. Sometimes just, in my, in my experience, grief can misplace you. You know? Life is going on like it should, and then something terrible happens, and it shatters everything, and you were here, You've been plucked up and it's like you're just underneath the bed somewhere. Can't be found. Yeah? Sometimes grief, life happens. Sometimes we're in relationships with people and we think that they're one way and they end up being completely different. We've we're we're all in on this relationship and then they turn they turn out being not who we thought they were. And we've invested a lot of time and energy. Into this thing. And it ended up not being what we thought it was going to be. And it feels as if we'd just been plucked up. And hidden somewhere else. Sometimes we get lost like that. How many of us grew up religious and then at some point it was just like, this isn't working for me anymore? Anybody like that? This is a big thing. There's a a, a term for this within kind of a theological circles called Deconstruction, and I don't, if you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. You don't have to look it up or anything. But there's a lot of people like myself and others who have grown up in church and were were told particular things, and it was fine, whatever. But then, when you start to think about your faith in a kind of honest honest way, there are a lot of things that don't seem to line up. And then you you also look at the example of Christians around the world or in within the culture, and they don't seem to be very Christ-like, and And you're like, I don't want to be part of that group, but at the same time you don't want to, uh, walk away from your faith either. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you have anywhere to go and it doesn't feel like you have any place to fit in. And at one point in your life you were part of the group, but because of just being honest with yourself, it feels like you've been plucked up. And you're kind of hiding, I don't know, under, In the closet somewhere, hiding under the couch somewhere, whatever. Yeah. So sometimes we wander off. Sometimes we get misplaced. And then the third one. Sometimes we just choose to leave. Yeah. Sometimes we're just like, I don't know about all this. I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to do my own thing. Ever want to just do your own thing? God, I don't like the way, I don't, sometimes I disagree with God. You guys ever disagree with God? Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I don't like this idea. Or I don't think this is a good plan. Or you're probably, this is, you're, God, I know know you're smart and all, but this isn't very smart. Right? Ever, you can say yes, it's okay. I don't know why I'm putting this in my mouth. I'm not, I'm, public speaking one-on-one, don't have gum or candy in your mouth. I'm sorry. I lost my mind for a second. When I was uh, 19 years old, I, uh, I felt like God wanted me to do this stuff here. But I was like, nah, God's crazy. That would be the dumbest idea of all time. So I joined the Marine Corps because I figured that would be a good idea. And it wasn't that I didn't want to be a Marine. I had wanted to be a Marine on my entire life. My grandfather was a Marine. I had been obsessed with it. So, But, at, but also in the back of my mind, um, I was running from something. I wanted to do my own thing. And so sometimes we get lost. Sometimes it's just innocent. We wander off. Sometimes it's it's against our will and somebody does something to us or whatever and we get misplaced. And sometimes it's our own doing. Sometimes it's our own choices. We just choose. We have choices in front of us, the right thing or the wrong thing to do. And sometimes we just choose to do the wrong thing because it makes us feel good or we just, that's what we want to do. You know? And if we're honest, we all find ourselves there from time to time. And so it raises this question for me. What do we do when we feel lost? Now in the story, for this little guy here, he's cute by the way, right? So cute. Who is that? My wife, my, my lovely wife. We're not getting a sheep, by the way. That's where that was going if you, if you want to know for the for the little guy here who wandered off his salvation was a good shepherd who found him for the coin for the coin his this, its salvation was the light of this lamp and the looking and the sweeping of the room. And for the lost son, his redemption was the love of the thought of the father. And so three thoughts. For those of us who've wandered off, we can trust that there is a good shepherd who is searching for us in the same way that mom and dad we're searching for Paul. There's a good shepherd who is searching for you. Because sometimes we just wander off. What's interesting about this is that Jesus doesn't abandon us. My experience has been that, that Jesus is actually there the whole time. When um, early in our marriage, early, early in our marriage, uh, we had a little bit of a rough spell. And we're separated for a while. And during that time we would take turns, uh, watching our oldest son, Evan, and so Amber would have him for a couple of days and then I would have him for a couple of days and kind of like a shared parenting type of thing, even though it wasn't really official, it was just an arrangement. And, and I found myself hanging out at a particular bar in Middletown a lot when I didn't have Evan. What was interesting about that, even though I wasn't a preacher at the time, I was the preacher's kid. And so all the theological questions that come up in a late night bar conversation are always directed to me. And what I found myself, what I found myself, or what I found happening to me is I somehow turned into the bar pastor. Even though that's not what I wanted to do or ever, you know what I mean? Like, All these questions would pop up and they're like, well, Mark will know this or Wolfie will know this. Let's ask him. And I would give my best go at it and that would usually satisfy the crowd. And and even though I was on the run or wandered off or whatever, there was a shepherd that was with me. He was guiding me. yeah. And so when we wander off. We can trust that there is a shepherd who is with us. Does this make sense? Yeah For the lost coin, for those of us who've been misplaced, we can trust that the light of God's love will bring us out of this darkness, whether it be the grief of loss, and, and for me, that's probably the darkest. Experience that I've had is that is the is the darkness of loss and grief In the midst of that The light of jesus has been or the love of jesus has been the light That guides me In my disillusionment with religion Particularly christians in america When I have wanted to really throw that like I have wanted to throw the talent on this whole thing Let's just blow this church up. I don't know that I don't think this is what Jesus would want us to do, kinda of like you know i I like you guys, don't get me wrong. I'm talking about they like the bigger thing in the midst of all of that, it's been the light of Jesus that has guided me, that captivates me, that keeps me here. Does that make sense and and maybe for you, your displacement is. Something that somebody did to you, betrayed you, continually uses you. You're part of a group, but you don't feel a part of a group. It's the light of God's love in Christ that guides us through that. And so when it feels like you have no direction, you just continue to move towards the light. Does that make sense? Which then leads us to this lost son. For those of us who choose to leave, we can trust that we have a loving father who's waiting to embrace us when we decide to return. The thing is, and is that you can come to church and still feel distant from God. Yeah? You can, you can be part of the group and yet feel at a distance. Because we have things that we've done. We have a, we have our past. We have things that we wouldn't share. And and so we, we come, we put on the, the face, but we're like, we're part of the family, but we don't feel part of the family. And it's understanding in trusting this Jesus, that this God is like this loving Father who will always have us back regardless of the mistakes that we've made. Now, what's interesting about this story, particularly the lost son, is that there's another individual that's involved, the the older brother. See, the thing about The thing about grace is that it's offensive. You know what I mean? Grace is offensive. And here's how, this is what I mean by that. I want all the grace I can get, yeah? But I don't necessarily want everybody to get the same thing that I get. God, you don't know about them. You don't know what they've done. Why would you be loving towards them? Anybody find yourself like this from time to time? Bunch of lying dogs, you... (laughs) I know that I do. I want all God's mercy and grace on me. But I don't want it for everybody. And so I'm fine with being the younger son returning to the party. But sometimes I find myself being like the older son. Like, I don't know about this. This is a little bit. This is a little too much. And that's the point of the story. It begins by saying that Jesus was hanging out with tax collectors and sinners. And it was the religious elite that questioned all of it. And we have to come to that point. So it wasn't that this father had one lost son. This father had two lost sons. Sometimes you can be lost on the outside and sometimes you can be lost right here on the inside. And it's learning that we are all called to come into party. Yeah? And so if you have wandered off, you can trust that there is a good shepherd who is searching for you. If you've been misplaced, you can trust that the light of God's love is looking and shining you through. If you found yourself rebelling and leaving and wanting to do your own thing, you can trust that you can return at any Moment. And the beautiful thing is that there is rejoicing in heaven every time we do. Yeah? So one last thing. Sometimes I just like looking at old stuff. Icons, stained glass. And I found this and just wanted it to share. At the top, you have the good shepherd who's returning with his lost sheep. In the middle, you have a lamp and a coin representing God's love and light who's constantly searching and finding us. And in the bottom and the left, you have the lost son who's returning to the loving arms of his father. If you find yourself lost... All you have to do is open your heart to this. Yeah? And that's not to say that we don't have seasons. Because my experience has been that sometimes it feels yes, and then sometimes it doesn't feel so much. And I've learned to realize that in the same way that you have the seasons Within our world of winter and spring, and that that oftentimes reflects our relationship with ourselves and with God, and we learn simply to ride that wave towards the goal. Good, guys done. Told you would be short. All right, we're done. Two questions. What's God saying to you? And what's one thing that you can do about it this week? And so let's take a few moments simply to reflect on this, and then we'll celebrate communion together. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you come, that you speak to our hearts in these next few moments. Alright, right, amen. If you have one of these, grab it, take it out. Every week we celebrate this communion, this Eucharist, this Lord's Supper, to be reminded that we are all welcome at the Lord's table. And every week we pray this prayer to center our hearts and minds, because sometimes we do wander off. Sometimes we do get misplaced. Sometimes we do just choose to go, and so it's a way of getting us back on track. And so pray this with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took a cup of wine. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant, the new relationship that is shed for you. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, do this in remembrance of me. Later, reflecting on this, the apostle Paul said, every time that you and I, we gather and we take this bread and we drink from this cup, we're proclaiming the Lord's death until he returns. Which means we remember what Jesus did, that he was broken and poured out for the sake of the world. And we're reminded that we are called to take part, to be broken and poured out for the people in our lives. And so take the bread and look at the person next to you and say, the body of Christ is broken for you. Now up, the blood of Christ is shed for you. But I need a chaser back there. All right. So I'll stand. Grab hands next to you. The person next to you if you like. We'll see you at Skateway. We're going to hogtie Dad. Put skates on him. Walk him out into the middle and release him. See what happens. But, uh yeah. 430. Come on out. Bring your friends, and it'll be fun. Good? All right, let's pray. We'll get out of here. Father, we thank you for this Jesus who is willing to hang out with these tax collectors and sinners and us in this room. We thank you for him. We thank you that when we wander off, you are searching for us. We thank you that when we get misplaced, there's a light that is shining. We thank you that even in our rebellion, you always welcome us back. And so may we step in to that kind of love. May we step into that type of grace. May we not be like the older brother who refuses to come in and celebrate, but may we have an open heart and hands for everyone that you love. And so we ask, Holy Spirit, that you be with us this week. We ask that you guide us and keep us. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. See you guys.